T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Inside information on your teams, honest opinion, and the biggest names in sports. It's time, Las Vegas, for the Playmakers. Hootie who run for cover and duck. Welcome back to the second hour of the Playmakers. Lindsey Brown is my name. Across from me is Adrian Hernandez and Dominic Lavoie. We are here to talk about the sports, but mostly other things. We have quite the fresh hour for you all, don't we, Jalen? Yeah, we have super, yes, super busy, busy show. A lot to talk about. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. I feel like I'm coaching again where I, I ask, like, everybody a question if people don't say yes, coach, or there's, like, in unison, like, everybody get it? Silence? Should, should we break down what's, what's, what's happening this hour? Well, yeah, no, I was just breaking down what the experience I had, but it's all good. We got confused. It's all good. We do our footiest of footballs to start out our segment here. In a few minutes, we're going to talk to Maury Brown about all of the ineptitude that is Major League Baseball. I need to come up with a better (laughs) word than ineptitude because that is stuck in my brain for too many days. But they are in the midst of a lockout. Will spring training be going down in a couple weeks? It's not looking great, but we're going to ask Maury all about that. He's a man with answers, obviously, with the last name, like that but we will close our show out with some trade baggage as well uh, mostly around the NBA trade deadline about people starting new chapters whether or not it's a good thing or a bad thing for them for their teams because we're dealing with some pretty toasty names exchanged uh, on, on today's NBA deadline but we always start our second hour with the footiest of football so let us go footballs we have all of these informational tidbits prepped for you except i haven't come up with my x factors yet so listen well today let's you like having fun right i love fun dominic you like having fun a little bit yeah let's have fun because tomorrow get some people going yeah we're, we're really gonna get into the game and then even on sunday as we get you ready for the big game oh, that's we're right. gonna we're gonna super super go into the game where are we gonna be on sunday that big game viewing party at stadium swim at circle las vegas if you need information you got to visit CircaLasVegas.com. We're going to be live from there starting at 1 p.m. leading you up to the big game. But the viewing party starts at 11 a.m. in front of those 40-foot screens. A weekend playmakers is going to be nuts. So Who knows what could happen? We have plenty of time to get into the nuts and bolts of the game. There's so much surrounding the big game that we need to make sure we cover everything. So first and foremost, let's kick it off. Uh, halftime show. I want to get the excitement level. Who of is everybody. it again? Dr. Dre. Yep. Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. Mary J. Blige. Correct. Eminem. Yep. Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Maybe some guests, we assume. I don't know 
how many more guests you can really fit. Uh, yeah, right. It's the first time it's been like five people that isn't a yeah. group, all five different yeah. individuals. Yeah, I mean, a few years ago, the NFL had a weird point where they just said, if you've performed in the last three years, let's have all of you at the same time. So they had like Coldplay and the Chili Peppers and... Uh, Beyonce, remember yeah. that? Yeah, that was kind of yeah. Uh, it was very, it was very bit. odd, but um, for sure, a lot of hype around this half uh, halftime show, and you know, the local angle is certainly very, very strong and multiple generational too. Mm-hmm. Uh, who gets the most songs? I would assume it's going to be a tandem of Snoop Dogg and Dre. Yeah, yeah. because it's it's in L.A. Snoop and literally just bought Death Row this week. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just, yes. How cool it's, is that? It's what, full, a full circle moment. Yeah, and also, like, this is so dope that, you know, I, I come, well, you guys might not know, I come from hip-hop radio. I love hip-hop just as much as I love sports. To finally culminate and kind of get this opportunity on this stage, uh, arguably the biggest stage in music every year, the halftime show yeah. of the big game. Very it, legitimizing in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Yeah, I mean, and it's ridiculous, just like, like a lot of things it, with the but... NFL. Like, it needs to be legitimized. They missed the opportunity in Atlanta when they went with Maroon 5, when they could have just Correct. went with Outkast, even though yeah. Maroon oh 5 brought God. out Outkast. You could have gone with so many people. I love Maroon 5, but it just didn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to see this, and I, I do enjoy... You know, it, it, like you said, the, the mix of generations of, you know, Snoop and Dre, yep. Eminem, the early 2000s and the 90s, and then the best rapper in the world in Kendrick Lamar. Uh, Dominic, you've been quiet, though. <laughs> I just need to see your opinion because you've been super quiet. So I'm yeah, just curious. I mean, so with this halftime show, I, I've said this before. I think it'd be really cool if it was like 1999. But How old are you on that date? Uh, negative three years okay, old. Okay, just so everybody gets the context. <laughs> um, so I mean, you've missed out on a lot of the good stuff. Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, I missed <laughs> out on Tupac. So I mean, I think that says enough. But um, it's not everything. It's it's a um, it's a cool concept. I like it. I mean, all those people are legends for sure. Like, I mean, I grew up listening to a little bit of Mary J. Blige. Grew up listening to a lot of Eminem. The occasional Dre. Adrian the occasional. Eminem. Uh, the occasional yeah. Snoop, um, and then Kendrick Lamar. He's my generation. The occasional so. Snoop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Dude, I think I it's don't cool. Think you understand how big of a deal it was in seventh grade when "Drop It Like It's Hot" came up. Yeah. Or like, okay, so <laughs> or, like, or, yeah, they're, they're not doing it for you. I mean, they are. It's cool. I mean, if they if they play "California Love," that'll make my day. This this ain't. This is like iconic, like in music. Yeah. Like let's let's be honest. I'm gonna. Make some people mad. The Beatles don't got this. No. Certainly not. I'm sorry. Like, were you into, remember when Justin Timberlake did the halftime show and he did pay homage oh, to yeah, Prince as he should? Yeah. But it was like the, the country album that he released, even though he was wearing Jordans and it was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah that's that was weird strange. Time. That's what you, that, like, that's what, that's this, is, not, this is amazing, No, bro. it is, it is, 100%. It's probably going to be better than Super Bowl halftime shows in years past, but. Nobody can ever outdo Beyonce. She I'm just, literally shut down the entire power grid of New Orleans. Yeah, but I'm just I'm just poking fun. I even say that over Prince. This is amazing, bro. Yeah, and I'm, Kendrick, and I also yeah. I, I do think Kendrick is uh, getting an album mode, so he might be releasing a new song. Out of all these acts, for everybody, who are we most excited to see? Man, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I would say M, but like he hasn't been at the forefront for a while, no. and so with that, I don't think it's gonna be as into it as it would be. So I think I'm Snoop probably because Dre just kind of vibes. 
That's yeah. kind of what he does. And so I'm, I'm interested to see. He's going to be see... the principal of it. He's just going to be overseeing yeah, everybody. Yeah, just like what the performance is going to be. Like, is it going to be performative like early on in L.A. hip hop? Because there's just there's different generations mm-hmm. that even just Dre has spanned. And so what are, what are you bringing forward to our nostalgia? Like, honestly, like what are you trying to bring out of it, everyone? Yeah, a hundred percent. I do. I think Eminem might do something crazy because I mean, it's Eminem. Or he, he might do something crazy, but if it's Eminem, if it's Slim Shady, yeah. Ooh. But that's different. You know what Not I mean? Not rap that, god Eminem. But, but no, but that's no. Di- that's a different. That's yeah, a different yeah. type of personality. And all those guys like really ushered in. I mean, they ushered in hip hop in general, but the kind of separate identity, right? I mean, you always have your stage name, mm-hmm. but then you have your own kind of little individual personalities. I think that's what Eminem probably does his best other than just like the vocabulary that he brings in. But in terms of creating those little shadow selves and they're not the first people to do it in music or Mm -hmm. art or anything. I mean, that's really what performance is, is Mm -hmm. transcending yourself. Uh, But I just think they did it the loudest and the, and the most aggressively. And so hopefully Slim Shady does come out. Yeah. But the Dominic, censors probably you, wouldn't like it. Most excited for you? Um, I would probably say Snoop too, but yeah. I really hope that Dre brings out California love because I don't know how you're at a Super Bowl in L.A. and you don't bring out California love because I even remember growing up watching the NBA Finals with the Celtics and Lakers. They even brought out California love on ESPN Holodram. as an intro to, I think, Game 7. So yeah. they've done the hologram they, they before have with uh, with Tupac. It wouldn't surprise me. For they me, have to. For me, it's Kendrick. He's killed every performance, especially in the Grammys. And this is a Super Bowl, and he hasn't released an album in I think it's been over four years. Yeah, because he's I been think it's busy going on winning five. Mark Twain prizes <laughs> yeah, for poetry exactly. and stuff, exactly. and like Congressional Medals of Freedom. Him and Willie O'Ree. For once in my generation, I'm just very excited for the Super Bowl. So I know we had to talk about it's better it. better than like, the Who. We had the Who like eight <laughs> years ago. So I mean, you're still that you're you're um, where we were about 10, 15 years ago. At least music and popular culture are a lot bigger and more mainstream now. But when we had some of those uh, performers come out, that would be more aimed towards our parents. You're like. What's the point? They weren't even moving. Like 15 years from now, I'll be like, Doja Cat. And the kids will be like, oh, what the hell, Doja yeah. Cat? But like, come on, you know? Yeah, and no, so, it's, it's yeah. incredible. Shout out to you, Jay-Z. Uh, let's move over from the halftime show uh, to the commercials. Um, guys, I'm going to give you a couple commercials. I want to see if you're excited oh, about this. So you're spoiling these for us? All these have been – that's the thing about this I generation. Like, I don't like it being spoiled. There's commercial trailers now. I hate it. And what? they've announced, like, they know – they're telling you what's – who I, is yeah, involved. Yeah, you, you get you, – you have the commercials running days before, and it takes all the fun out of what's it. What's the point? You're paying $7 million and for this moment. You're spoiling it, it. for weeks after the fact, too. So you take away from your shock value that everybody loves, and you're going to get sick of it. It's just like anything else that gets shoved down our throats mm-hmm. every rotation. All right, Lindsay, no spoiler alerts. We won't get into the commercials. I appreciate that. I will ask, uh, are you guys excited? Last time NBC had the Super Bowl, This Is Us episode aired after. Uh, um, somebody died in that show. It's dramatic. It's, it's always what? dramatic. This Great is going to. Breaking news. Yeah, right? What? <laughs> We're straight alert. Um, the, 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 what they're going to show after the Super Bowl is the first episode of the remake, Reboot. Of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Really, time, the the sad one. The drama. Oh man, have you seen the trailer? I, yeah, yeah. It looks like almost an SNL parody where they did almost. I think it was like an origin story to Oscar the Grouch or something, <laughs> and it was super dark and and it was just like all the assessment. How did you end up here? Like what? You know, it was just brilliant. But it, it's it's one thing to do sequels or reboots. 
And it's another thing to see the different moods and different lights that we paint some of the most iconic characters into. I mean, we do this with superheroes all the time. I watched the latest Batman trailer with Robert Pattinson. You're like, what this kind of Batman is he? Like, this one's more broody. This one has more trauma. You're like, how could we get more? Like, <laughs> But you have to come up with different fresh angles. Mm-hmm. And people are multidimensional. And I, the thing that was super dope about this, so this was just – a, a dude in school who was like, this would actually make a really good drama. Yeah. And he released this because of class and it went viral yeah. so much that Will Smith picked it up and then he got NBC and Peacock involved. And now it looks absolutely incredible. Uh, obviously, Dominic, you're of a younger generation, <laughs> uh, but how are you? Are you excited about this? Um, I haven't seen the trailer yet, but can it you sounds... sing the Fresh Prince theme song off the top of your head? That's I, really the measure. I of only know or not... in West Philadelphia, born and raised, or the playground is where I spent most of my days, and then it kind of like trails off after that. Chilling out, relaxing, acting out school, some some that one. I'm on it. Yeah. I'll, I'll be on it. Yeah. I'm impressed that at least you knew the the first few. I can say I can say it when it's actually going, but it, just like everybody else, it's hard to do when. Yeah. Pure extemporaneous energy. This is wonderful right here. I love it's it. It's valid. Yeah, so hopefully, I, I, I think it, it looks good. I, I hope it is, uh, and it's cool to see, like, you know, it gives people motivation that you could just post something on Twitter, and now you are the number one show airing after the Super Bowl. That time slot is highly competitive to get. Well, um, Will Smith has to get his name out there for all the Oscar buzz and, you know, all the – it was really weird for about two months with him in all of the media – cycles that he was going through because he was his revealing uh, yeah his marriage <laughs> is just i i don't care enough about it to actually pay attention but yet i keep finding tidbits out about it yeah. you know it's kind of it just <laughs> get I, us off of this group chat that we didn't want right. to be in <laughs> i was like yeah I'm like gwyneth paltrow brought us the the great term conscious uncoupling but i'm still trying to figure out or what was it august wasn't it August Alcina, yeah, yes, that, it was uh, had relations. God, somebody made an like a somebody entanglement and entanglement. Somebody made a remix. I'm gonna have you look this up. No, no, August Alcina made there, a song. His yeah. next single was called Entanglement. I, I don't care about August actual song. Somebody made a mashup of it, like for just the internet, and and it's so brilliant. <laughs> it's it's such a good it's such a good hook too. Um, but yeah, I just don't really care about Will Smith and all of his sadness and how much sex he used to have to have just to feel something. I mean, we've all been there. <laughs> We've all been there. Ain't that right, Dominic? Yeah. Not yet. Well, Mr. That, he's Tinder. pre-scouting ASU over there. <laughs> yeah. It's so I work got in progress. Sunburned. Does anybody have aloe in their fridge, in their dorm room? <laughs> Lindsay, I totally, I totally forgot. There you go. There's there's your next playbook right there. I love Give me it. all the notes. Honestly. <laughs> Literally. Lindsay, I, I forgot there's a game. We should probably talk about it. Oh, the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bengals and the Rams. Uh, let's just simply talk really quickly about our X Factors. Uh, let's start off with, uh, you know, you and Joe Burr, Joe Cool, Joe Shiesty. Mm-hmm. Uh, X Factor for the Bengals for you. I mean, for Joe, you know that the pocket is not going to be clean. There's there's zero percent chance. You're going to need all of the Tide Pods you could possibly have. But we know <laughs> that he can escape and that he can extend plays in addition to nailing those bubble screens that have basically become – just a buzzword and not an actual concept anymore. But if he's able to be able to pick up first downs with his legs and just stay off of the turf, at least with the ball in his hand, that's the X factor for me with the Bengals. For me, I'm going to keep saying this because darn it, the Bengals cannot keep getting away with this. They can't. Red zone efficiency. Uh, going into the playoffs, they were at 64% scoring touchdowns in the red zone. That has gone all the way down to 
Zach Taylor, you better get it together. You're going to need to score points, especially, you know, and a lot of people have been talking about it, and it makes sense because it's a Super Bowl and jitters and everything that goes to it and the hype that this might be a low-scoring affair no matter how good these wide receivers and quarterbacks God, are God, I hope for it's both not teams. like the last time the Rams were in a Super it Bowl. Did they have nine points? Huh? We'll all be sleeping at Stadium three. Swim. Yeah, it was 3-13. to 13. Oh, God. Yeah, uh, for me, X-Factor for the Rams, uh, Cam Anchors, Sony Michelle. If the Bengals are going to do what they did versus the Chiefs and only send three and have eight people back, they need to run the ball and make the Bengals be the one that break tendencies and don't be patient where the Bengals are going to be, all right, we need to stop this. Keep attacking them. See if they blitz. See if they actually send more pressure to stop these runs. And that's when you beat them because at the end of the day, the Rams wide receivers are better than the cornerbacks that the Bengals have, and they should realize that. So you're saying you want to share some Pepto-Bismol. Okay. With Cam Akers and Sony Michelle, yeah, and Sony Michelle, when the when the when he was with the Patriots and they played the Rams, he came out of nowhere. He had ninety eight yards on thirteen yeah, brushes. That so, was when he literally came onto the scene. Yeah, Patriots so, running backs do that all the time. It's like it's week <laughs> thirteen. All of a sudden, this person has like four touchdowns and two hundred yards. Danny like, Woodhead, it, literally, literally. <laughs> what a reference. We'll pick out any any person who played lacrosse at that one point. Um, in terms of X factors for me on the Rams side, I mean. This is a team that does a really good job of stopping whatever you want to do on offense. And that was certainly true before this week and before they played the 49ers, who were their ultimate kryptonite. But this is a team that apparently gives up short yardages in between the numbers, or at least that's what Mina Kimes said. She put it in a much better package and bow than I did uh, in, in terms of my research with this. But if there's a way to really – kill them by a paper cut it's in those ways and as we've already discussed what's the bread and butter for the Bengals exactly those types of passes exactly those types of getting into open space and trying to make a play beat one person and, and see what you can create after the catch they're and so, super shifty yeah absolutely and so it's really about having that mental balance of is do I blitz now or do I leave somebody here to spy and make sure that you're tackling all the way to the ground that's the other thing too like you're joking yesterday Watch the ball into your hands before you turn upfield and assume that it's going to be there as you run. Same type of thing here. you got to take care of details. You can't be throwing your, your body without any direction, and you have to be going for the right areas. You're a sneaky beaver, Lindsay. Am I? You're versatile. Oh, thank you. Talking about Snoop Dogg, <laughs> Dr. Dre. Now you're talking about, you know, the Bengals and the quick passing game. Yeah. This is the type of coverage you only get here on the Playmakers. Sorry, I just felt it's a holistic like that was a experience. I'm, I'm glad that you needed to take a stand there because it needed <laughs> it needed to be said. It needed to be said. Our greatness needed to be highlighted, and uh, especially with such a big game on our horizon, the final big game of the football season. But we need to move on. We need to talk about baseball. Despite baseball's best efforts, we're going to try to figure out their problems on the other side of the break with Mari Brown. Our conversation with him next. 11:40. The bet. You found the Playmakers, only on 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas. Yes, indeed. It is a big show, and it continues now. Adrian Hernandez alongside the one and only Lindsey Brown. And as the MLB owners meetings wrapped up earlier today and Commissioner Manfred spoke to the media, we needed to reach out to one of the best in the business to help us understand where we're at with this MLB lockout. So, 
On the line, senior contributor Maury Brown from Forbes and a member of the BBWAA joins us. Insider calls are brought to you by driveway.com. Looking for a car? Go to driveway.com where you can get pre-qualified, buy a car, and get it delivered. Maury Brown, first of all, I would like to congratulate you on an exceptional last name. You pot him up? Maury, are you there? there? I am. Excellent. Excellent. I don't know if you didn't, uh, if you heard my question or not, but I just want to uh, first congratulate you on an exceptional last name. Uh, your thoughts on said name? <laughs> I had little choice of it when I was coming out of the shoot, so that's how <laughs> we stuck with it. Fair enough. We all deal with the cards that were dealt with. And, and before we get into our, our Q&A portion of this conversation, could you set the stage for us in terms of where the Players Association is at, where Major League Baseball at, are in these negotiations, and where – this lockout is headed? Well, I think the biggest thing right now is that, um, you know, I think the players are trying to see some equitable um, revenues come to them. Um, They don't have a cap system that's tied like the NFL or NBA that's tied to regular revenues. Um, Their salaries have gone down um, over the last four seasons while revenues have gone up. So they're trying to look to get part of that. They seem to be moving incrementally in that direction. I haven't seen that so much from the league, so it'll be interesting to see what happens Saturday. Arbitration is a word that's thrown around a lot in baseball. At this point uh, of contention on multiple layers in these labor negotiations, mostly those bonuses are hopefully going to be tied to those metrics, as you mentioned with the with the caps. I guess that's really the ultimate compromise, right? Because if you cap the if you have the cap tied to the salaries and stuff, at least you have that guarantee that it will grow with revenue versus what baseball is doing. But you mentioned in your article the wins above replacement as as a measuring stick. Can you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, it's seen as kind of a universal uh, metric that's a one-size-fits-all across um, all, all both offensive and defensive players. And so they're looking to use that as a way of um, possibly doing it. But I don't think that that's going to happen, per se. I think the biggest thing that's probably going to happen is, is that there will be a bonus pool for those one-year players, so those players that have yet to enter salary arbitration, um, if they win major awards. I mean, it's just not right that if somebody wins the Cy Young or the MVP or Rookie of the Year, that they're treated differently. And so they're looking to get them some bonuses. And that's a small number of players, right? It doesn't really affect a whole lot. So I do think that the, the Players Association will try to see a larger percentage of players that have two years of playing time going to salary arbitration right now it's about 22 percent of those players you might seek to increase that a bit but mlb on the management side has said look we're we're not entertaining that conversation at all so it'll be interesting to see if they move uh you mentioned on saturday which uh, you know we're very expecting that the owners will have their newest counter proposal uh do you have any hope or or think that it'll actually have some substance to it are they just doing it to basically say hey we, we made a counter proposal yeah, I mean, this is a question of the day. I mean, Rob Manfred said today that the proposals that they had made prior were substantive and and good proposals. So when he says that Saturday is going to be a good proposal, well, that may be in the eye of the beholder. Um, it, it's really going to come down to where the Players Association is at. Uh, Manfred said some things today about the luxury tax and the penalties for it and said that they hadn't increased those, which was not true. Um, a representative for the league immediately came out and said that wasn't true, but the Players Association noticed that 
and it, it really, you know, it upset them right now. They're they're not happy with Hanford um, and the labor team. So um, it, it's just going to really matter on Saturday. We're going to have to see it. I imagine if there is any sanity left in this thing, that there will be some movement toward the middle. But we'll have to see. You know, the sides have been pretty entrenched. And it's weird that movement towards the middle because it's like baseball acts like it doesn't even exist because in our conversations and attention that we pay and investment, we're always talking about the 1% of the 1%. I mean, even the talk that we're having right now, but most of these guys aren't winning Cy Youngs or MVPs or making tens of millions. I mean, the stories that are coming out about just the feeder system in the Major League Baseball here in the States, or I don't know, I, we, Adrian and I were reading an article a couple weeks ago about the academies down in the Dominican Republic and other areas of Latin America for baseball pipelines. It's too big to fail, but it's almost too big to fix. Yeah, and that's a great way to put it. Um, you know, I don't think a lot of people, you know, they're going to say, well, still, it's a lot of money. If I'm an average working show. But the average player does not make um, – average player makes under a million dollars. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of players in the league. We always talk about, once again, the one percenters. But the rank and file don't make that much money. And if you're a prospect in the Dominican Republic – there has been corruption going on for years, long before the article that was put out. Um, myself and others have been reporting about it. But there are basically trainer agents. They're not certified agents like we think of them here in the States that basically grab young kids and go, okay, if I get you a uh, contract, your signing bonus, I get a large percent of that. And it, it's, I would say it's criminal. And you're taking kids that are looking to, you know, get out of squalor in many cases, right? I mean, the amount of money that they can make in Major League Baseball, even at the league minimum, would dwarf anything that they are capable of making um, in the Dominican Republic. So um, it's very tempting. You know, eat this pill, eat this food, do this regiment. Um, I don't know about you, but when I was 15 or 16 and there were people of authority, you didn't really question that stuff. And then, of course, if they do make it, like Juan Soto did, a large percentage of that money can go and wind up in the hands of somebody else. And given now that there's a salary or a capping system, a slotting system for these signs, that if they, you know, if, if somebody says, hey, if you make this much money, I get a percentage of it. If it goes down, they just take a larger percent. And so it's really, I would say, criminal. And it's a real problem for the league. They haven't addressed it. And I think that it needs to have more light shone on it. And the more you think about it, too, uh, Maury, as you mentioned, the corruption that's that's rampant down there, it's not just the the aspect of, of the money part of it. When you have these kids being told, like, hey, we're going to get you a contract. Hey, this is this is the team that wants you. That expedited process of development, how many more kids are considering taking substances? How many uh, kids actually make it that take those substances? I mean, uh, we, we see stories all the time about people that found success at the ultimate level and then in the after, I mean, dealing with just all the consequences of, of a lot of the things that have ailed baseball in the last 20 or so years, especially when we're talking about steroids. And, you know, they don't let Barry Bonds into the Hall of Fame, but then two weeks later they say, oh, we're not going to test for it anymore. Yeah, I mean, the testing thing is another yeah, matter I know. altogether. I know, baseball. But, I mean, yeah, but to that, I, you know, no, that's a legitimate thing. I, I, again, um, there are lots of reasons we, we go, oh, they're cheating. But there are lots of reasons that um, you might or might not take a substance. If you go, hey, I can – if I take this substance and somebody tells me here's a way to get around it and I can get out of living in poverty, um, that's an awfully tempting thing for a kid. You can take care of not only yourself but your entire family. 
And so I, I do think that that's uh, a tragic consequence of it. Look, it gets largely missed in the mainstream media, but there will be hundreds of minor league suspensions. There is no union for minor league players. And you'll see a lot of kids that are in the Dominican Summer League get popped every year for low-grade steroids that are easily detectable. So, yeah, I think it's absolutely that. Is it some of it, you know, that I'm naive and if somebody tells me to take something and I'm not going to question them, so okay? Yeah, but I think a lot of them would do it anyway. If it gives them an opportunity to play and they can get out of, you know, like I said, out of abject poverty, I think a lot of them do. Uh, taking it back to, to the strike and, and the lockout that we're dealing with now. Now, the last time we had a strike, it cost my Guardians, I have to get used to saying that, a World Series back in 94, 95. Obviously, a lot of things have changed back then. Entertainment options, accessibility. Uh, right now, I see the players showing a lot of solidarity. Garrett Cole tweeting about all the players meeting up, over 100 players showing up and ready to battle. Uh, for you, is this battle worth going for in terms of delaying the season because for some reason as much as I hate it and I don't understand most of the public pressure a lot of the times goes on the players because they get paid too much and they're just playing a game etc etc is it worth for them to fight uh for this particular situation yeah look let's let's start and back up just a second I mean it's not like the players didn't back themselves into a corner on this thing they lost the last labor deal, and it's just universally understood that the owners got a leg up. And if you really looked closely at it, the one before, they did as well. So they're looking to claw back. You know, they want to try and get some of the equity, the revenues that have come in, um, and have it, you know, funnel to them. Um, so they're not going to eat the elephant in one bite. Um, and it's really interesting. You, you know, I was talking about this. Ninety four, ninety five, of course, was very different. You picked up the newspaper. And the media basically spoke to you, and you didn't have a way of really getting any um, additional resources or having a conversation about it. And that's very different now. I, there are a lot of people, myself included, that provide a lot of details around this kind of stuff that you didn't have back then. And I think that fans are largely more informed, and I think that they're having more conversations about it. So I think that it shifted this time around towards the players. I think that it would be more equitable. I, you know, look, they're not going to get everything that they want, and maybe they shouldn't, but they, they absolutely probably need something more equitable. Um, I think that the offers that the league has made have not been sufficient. There's been movement by the players. They've accepted expanded playoffs, even though they believe that that will actually hurt um, the amount of money that would be spent on veterans or trying to be competitive, you know, the idea of backing into the playoffs. They've agreed to having, uh, you know, advertising patches on the uniforms like we see in the NBA. So they're, you know, they're moving in the direction and providing, you know, some concessions to the owners. And I don't think that they're feeling that that's being reciprocated right now. Um, so, yeah, they're unified. I mean, the conversations that you've seen from Gary Cole and others, I've heard it directly. You know, not that many players. I've talked to probably a dozen of them. But, I mean, as one said, I, he, he said, I don't know if – Rob Manfred realizes how much we dislike him and how much that is a factor and how unified we are in this moment. He has galvanized us, and that's critical. You know, look, their players not losing paychecks right now. If they don't get paid for spring training, when the regular season hits, that would matter. So they're going to have to weigh. Do they go ahead and go a regular season and potentially lose games? People forget that there was a lockout in 2011 in the NBA 
that went from 82 games to 66. The difference is we don't talk about that with the NBA. The reason is MLB had had up until 26 years ago, every labor deal, there was a strike or a lockout. And fans are mindful of that. They don't want to see it again. We've talked about players. We've talked about owners. We've briefly mentioned fans. But it seems like the the baseball owners don't get the sense of urgency of the, the danger for the future of their game. Because are we past the point of no return and repairing the disconnect between the Manfreds and the fans or just baseball and the fans in general? Because it's all in the same uh, uh, batting hopper, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest problems leading up to this whole thing and hasn't been part of the discussion is the game itself needs some adjustment. Look, if I go to a baseball game or you go to a baseball game, we're sitting in the sun, we're having beers, we're having food. We're not really paying attention to the clock or how much time games take. We're having enjoyment in the sun. If if you're watching on television, it's a, a completely different experience. Um, there has been a dramatic change in how long games take and more to the fact, the pace of it. It is in fits and starts more now. Players are striking out more often. Um, We're seeing the use of bullpens more often, so that slows it down. So I don't think that they've even addressed the most important thing, the most lasting thing, which is the game itself. In terms of the fans, I I think that they're sometimes – Think about it in terms of this. If they don't lose any regular season games, and look, the fans should be upset if we lose spring training and it's shortened. But if they don't lose any regular season games, I think they'll go, hey, once this gets back to rolling, fans will forget about it pretty quick. And history has shown that to largely be true. The NFL in 2011 had a lockout. They lost exactly one game. They lost a Hall of Fame game. Fans never talk about it anymore. And so... Fans have short memories when it comes to that. But I think that baseball fans are more fervent and a lot more dedicated to the sport in terms of its history. So they will hurt themselves. I mean, absolutely. Will they lose a whole lot of people? No. But, again, they're not in the best position. They have been seeing attendance decline, although it hasn't been you know dramatic. And regional sports network uh, ratings and viewership has gone down. So they, they need to get back on that. And that's uh, exactly what I wanted to talk to you about because I was fascinated by your tweets about regional sports networks and how, yeah, if we cancel spring training, yes, they'll lose some money with gates of people showing up. But the fact that MLB is going to have to give a rebate to all the regional sport networks. So if you could kind of explain that and then also just in my head as we move closer and closer to more and more streaming and less people, you know, getting cable and these regional sports networks mattering, like does MLB, and I know it's a big picture question, like, do they have something in place for the future of like where these games are going to go on? Yeah, so let's start with the with the first part. Um, so what will happen is the regional sports networks, and if they the season went so long that the national broadcast got affected, they still pay the league, which is a real easy. You go, hey, the money's still flowing in, but they have to rebate that money back. Now they can do it over a long period of time with no interest. So think of it as a no interest loan. It upsets, for good reason, the networks that show that stuff. So you don't want to see it happen because it, you know, it already happened in 2020 where we lost 102 games due to the pandemic. They don't want to have to do that anymore. So that's the first part. In terms of the second part, what would largely happen is you're going to see a shift depending upon how many more people move to streaming. And it's leveled off as of lately. Cord cutting is kind of leveled off a little bit. But the idea of going, if you want baseball, 
you can get it even if you're not a cable subscriber. The good news is about that is you offer options to consumers. Like, why would you limit your product? You want to make it available to as many people as possible. The bad thing is, I don't, you know, if grandma isn't interested at all in MLB Network and she's watching whatever she is, and she has a cable, what they call bundle, with a bunch of channels on it, she's still paying for it. And that keeps the subscriber numbers up. You're then leading to that idea. And this gets back into whether, you know, your fan interest is starting to decline. You're solely dependent on core fans. So it's a, you know, they're trying to figure out where to jump off that ship. And it's not there yet. There's still a lot of money in traditional, what they call linear television, cable and satellite. But at some point, they're going to have to offer it just like if I want to watch games, I don't have to have a cable sub. I just want to subscribe to this and watch just that. Big picture baseball talk with Mari Brown. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to explain exactly where we are in the state of baseball today, my friend. Thank you so very much. Have yourself a great day. Absolutely, we will. We'll have Mari hopefully back on very soon to talk about baseball season happening, but they got to get those negotiations done. Uh, Rights for Forbes, BBWAA member, has been uh, part of USA Today, Baseball America. This is a guy that you need to know uh, because he's in the know about all the baseball. And all of our insider calls are brought to us by Driveway.com. Head to Driveway.com today to shop more than 25,000 new and used cars in Driveway's nationwide inventory. And on the other side of the back, break baggage. We're bringing it. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet. Two days in a row of the Veronicas is a good week in my book. Illuminating. I didn't know they existed, and there's two of them. Yes, correct. Wow. Two Veronicas. Seems like it would be implied in the plural, but, you know, every little tidbit has background information to it as well, and a lot of trades have gone down in the NBA world. We brought 
handful of those to you at the beginning of this show, but we didn't get too into the background information of those, at least what's gone on with them in the past. What kind of baggage are we dealing with? Because not everybody's leaving a positive situation. Not everybody's going to a positive situation. Not everyone is a positive situation themselves. Or some are stuck. It's all it's up. And so we're here to explore all of those different avenues. And, you know, when I think NBA drama, (laughs) it's not that hard of a name to pull out of a hat. Tristan Thompson has found his way on his way to Indiana. Is that where he's going? Traded to Indiana, most likely a buyout. Most likely a buyout. He was playing for the Sacramento Kings, uh, you know, part-time. Because full-time he has to... Basically, tell Khloe Kardashian. I shouldn't say tell. Gaslight Khloe Kardashian, saying that he is uh, in for the long haul Uh-oh. and definitely staying focused. And I'm not here to comment on anybody's relationship status or whatever agreement that you come to, because ultimately, people can do what they want as long as everybody is consenting. But this dude, you know, comes with baggage. No, comes with attention paid away from the basketball arena which is fine because we're all allowed to have lives but (laughs) Tristan Thompson you think he's a buyout but how big of a disruptor would he be on a Pacers roster right now honestly any roster I don't see it as a big deal uh so this topic came to light because I was as I was trying to do research and I had all this NBA news on the TV uh lady in my house a lovely lady in my home here's Tristan Thompson and I'm like hey you might end up on the Cavs and she's like why would you want him yeah, back on the cat. I might wear my Tristan Thompson jersey, manana. He's a Cleveland Cavalier legend. But you know, she was she was mentioning, you know, the issues of Kardashian. Like, how could you trust this guy? Why would you want him on this team? He's not a a faithful good. How could he be a good teammate when he ain't a good teammate to his partner that they have kids? And look, those are interesting points. Uh, I do not believe the minute he steps into the locker room that they will take any of that into consideration in terms of the team aspect. They might clown him for it. And yeah. rightfully so, but to affect the team culture, uh, no. I don't see it, personally. No, and, and I, I agree with you. I, I think everybody is more than capable of leaving their stuff at the door. It's just sometimes there's more than one person trying to barge through it. What do you think, Dominic? Uh, what about a hockey locker room? Um, I don't know. I mean, with everything with Tristan Thompson – and, like, everything that he's done off the court. I mean, I definitely agree with Adrian. I think he'll be clowned for it. Mm-hmm. But you kind of alluded to it early on in the show. You've alluded to it in the past on the nightcap with me. The whole Evander Kane situation kind of rings that bell for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it would really baggage, shake mean, yeah. up the Different type the of baggage, room. too. Yeah, like, I mean, Evander Kane, he has everything with his ex-wife and his kid and, like, the video of him pointing a gun at her and the phone and then the $500,000 casino debt he has with the Cosmopolitan right. and just everything else with COVID and all that. There are, there's baggage and then there's problems. Yeah. So with him, it doesn't really, I mean, you can maybe chalk up the Oilers struggles that are continuing they're, they're, to they're that. They're just as desperate. Yeah. So mm-hmm. maybe you could chalk that up to that, but from what it seems like, it doesn't seem like it shook up the locker room all too much. No, because they just had to fire their coach today. Yeah, and Connor McDavid, he doesn't really show up because he has a personality of a piece of wet cardboard. Right, which is so, exactly why he just does what he's told. Yeah, so I don't think it would really shake up a locker room too much. Um, no. And it hasn't in the past. I mean, there have been guys like Sean Avery 
in the NHL that hasn't really shaken up locker rooms too much. He's shaken up opposing teams' locker rooms. Shaken up the rule book, but yeah. yeah. So Marty Bruder is not a fan. Yeah, not at all. Not a fan of him. So I don't think it'll really affect much. No, and it's not like the concept of baggage is foreign to any of us, let alone professional athletes. And in ways that we're talking about specifically with Tristan Thompson, I mean. I think we all remember distinctly, unless you're Dominic and probably was maybe in middle school when this happened, but the Nick Young, D'Angelo Russell saga for the Ooh, Lakers man. years ago, where Nick Young was at the time engaged to Iggy Azalea. And this is peak fancy time, people. That is a banger and a half. It is the textbook summer <laughs> hit, right? And D'Angelo Russell gets caught on camera running his mouth in the locker. I'm talking about Nick Young side pieces. And, again, I'm not condoning the side pieces. I'm not judging the side pieces. What I'm, what, well, the problem was, was D'Angelo Russell bringing that into the locker room and speaking it into existence. Because you have to assume that cameras are always on you, right? Or at least at that time, we were just starting to learn that. And it caused a huge disruption. Like, Iggy Azalea dumped Nick Young. D'Angelo Russell was traded days later. And I think long-term least- it worked out for him. Considering yeah. how I'm seeing him collect some rebounds on the Wolves right now, let me tell you about number zero. It ain't bad. But in terms of the damage done to his reputation, especially young in the league, this is a guy that was a second overall pick. And so it absolutely can be left out of the locker room unless people bring it in. Mm-hmm. And most of us don't wash our hands that efficiently. That we have learned in the last couple of years. Am I right? Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Uh, you could say baggage is probably present in that Lakers locker room. They didn't have anybody brought in during this trade deadline, but Russell Westbrook and Frank Vogel and LeBron and everybody involved there. I mean, how do you pay for overnight shipping to nowhere? <laughs> right? Is that that's what they're looking for? Because apparently they're going for waiver wire, right, or buyout wire. They're trying to do something other than waste LeBron's precious final years of his career right I think we're already well down that road and ultimately you just have to figure it out sometimes you have to pick uh what's his face from Utah Rudy Gobert over James Harden because you're Kevin Durant and things just got super awkward on national television sometimes you have to make the weird decision but we do have more of those decisions the consequences the ripple effects everything Another show tomorrow, 3 to 5 p.m. Thank you to Adrian. Thank you to Dominic. Thank you to each and every one of you listeners for sticking around. Be well to each other, but most of all, be well to yourselves. We'll be back tomorrow. Per usual, bring your Friday fun pants. Looking forward to the bet. The Playmakers of Sports. Bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.